Tis the season for festive football and the best way to watch it down your local Green King Sports Pub. Of course, Christmas is all about having a drink, having a catch up with your friends and family. So make sure you get down to a Green King Sport Pub where you can have refreshing points, delicious food, and of course, every football game that's showed live on telly. Every fixture from TNT, Sky, and Amazon is live at every Green King Sport venue. That means wall-to-wall -wall action on their huge HD screens. Head to your local Green King Pub and watch every winning goal, top bins volley, or dodgy VAR decision in an atmosphere worth sharing. And the best thing about it all is, if you download the Green King Sports app, you'll receive 10% off your drinks every time the sport's on the teller. Hello and welcome back to the Talking Wolves podcast. I am your host, Matt Cooper, and we are very depleted this week. Finn is, Finn's busy, George's off with the lurgy, um, but we are joined by Dave as a party. Uh, on, most like Wolves as well, took a took a hammering in London the weekend. How's the bank balance after the weekend, mate? Oh, mate, it's not it's not healthy, but um, I, I think I'm the only healthy one. Like you say, we've got uh, the festive period, we've got a short squad, so... No, I'm all good, mate. Other than the match, I enjoyed myself in uh, London at the weekend. Probably a bit too much, but um, yeah, looking forward to it anyway. Did you get up to anything interesting while you were down there? You went down there for the whole weekend, <laughs> didn't you? So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of it probably cannot be spoken about on this podcast. So, uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure, mate, this podcast is no old bar. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it was... Let's save um, it to the end. That's your incentive to listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was, just got very drunk and then, yeah, enjoyed myself. Uh, that's all that matters. I bet you're knackered now, aren't you? Yeah, too bad. You know what? I I woke up quite early both days in London. I've like the last week or so. I can't remember. Last week I hadn't started. I started the gym last week, and I'm I'm lazy. You know, I don't start work till quite late, so I'm always up quite like nine yeah. nine o'clock. I get out of bed normally, and everyone's like flipping it. But I got into a routine last week. I've been waking up before half seven, go to the gym for an hour, then come back, shower up, and go to work. And like today was the easiest I woke up for like all week. I woke up at 20 past seven. I was at the gym, did an hour and a bit and come home and I'm knackered now, but I've been, I've been all right. Yeah, to be fair, once you get into the routine and like the first week's tough forcing yourself, you get used to it. I've, uh, I've joined David Lloyd the last couple of weeks because there's one local to me. It's, it's quite expensive, but thankfully I get my, my mate works there, so I get a discount otherwise I, I won't pay it. But <laughs> I've been getting up at like half six, going for a sauna, swim, gym, in the morning and back to work for like half eight and like you're knackered of a night time this time but yeah. don't half like make you feel feel a bit better um especially with the, over the christmas period over indulging like i put a load of weight on anyway but starting to drop off a, a little bit but everyone seems to be ill mate like george george's full of coal my missus is absolutely absolutely full of it i feel like we're the only two and i don't know how i haven't got it we, we aren't ill yeah touch wood. Works, I, I haven't been ill for a while to be fair so touch wood is, uh, would you touch it? Oh, is it? <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> say that. Was that was that the weekend? Was it? Yeah, well, that would, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully I avoid it because it's normally it's besides law around Christmas. I'm going out quite a little bit over Christmas. Besides law, I pick something up. Um, yeah, well, um, this will be the last podcast before Christmas, won't it? Mm. So, like, we'll do one between after Chelsea and before Brentford. Um, what's your plans for for? Christmas Eve, are you are you going to go to the game and then go out afterwards or? Yeah, I think Christmas Eve. I've got uh, yeah, plan is to go to the match and just drink the evening away. To be fair, and then very quiet Christmas and Boxing Day, and then we've got um going away for the end of December and New Year to like a lodge with the family. Um, you do that quite a lot, don't you? Yeah, yeah, but the the issue is with that is we were meant to be just going for the New Year, so like the thirtieth to the first or second of Jan. And somehow my brother booked it for everyone the 27th to the 30th of December. So we weren't what? actually going for new. He obviously got the dates wrong. I don't know what he did. So the, the lodge place called us. They were just checking how many vehicles you bring in between the 27th and the 30th of December. My dad was like, no, nah, we're coming None. for the new year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh, we've had to, they wouldn't let us cancel it or we wouldn't get any, any money back. So we basically just had to extend it. So I think I'll go there for a few days, come back for the Everton game and then go back again. Um, Where is the lodge? Is it far? I don't need like Derby, so it's not too far. Nah, you'd be all right, and you yeah. if you come back, mate. Yeah. The way that we're playing at the minute, I'd fucking stay there and just take it. Maybe I'm stick it home, <laughs> have, have a break from it. Wait, Dave. Obviously, you went to the game 
on yep. Sunday. I was watching from Edinburgh. I went to Edinburgh for the weekend with the missus. If anyone's never been, it's honestly, I was so impressed. It's a wonderful city. Uh, it's quite small, but there's loads to do, like loads of bars, loads of restaurants. Um, so, yeah, I watched it in a in a boozer in Edinburgh called the Cold Townhouse, which was, um, it was a lovely, lovely little place. But, Dave, I'm so, so glad that, I've, that I, like, I didn't go to the game. And I've still not been to an away game this season. And I have not seen anything this season for me to want to change my stance on it. Yeah, I think our form, what is it? Is it five away games in the last two seasons or last season and a half that we've won? It's been an absolutely awful uh, run on the road. Um, I don't know. I, I felt like, you know, West Ham's form against us in recent times, especially away from home, has been okay. Uh, our form on the road in general has been awful. I didn't know what to expect. I was sort of hopeful for like a 1-1 draw or, or something like that. And I don't think, I mean, we'll get into it. I don't think Wolves were absolutely atrocious, but we just did the basic stuff wrong and it, it ultimately cost us. And I think the, the atmosphere was dreadful. I think it was never going to be great at West Ham because it's on two separate tiers. They're a million miles away from each other. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the atmosphere just didn't get going. And it, I felt Wolves started the game once again too slow and that just killed any chance of getting any momentum and any atmosphere going in the UIN. But just a really fr just frustrating performance. I think frustrating is probably the right word for it. You've got to feel for like-minded fans like yourself who made the trip down on a Sunday. It's a bit of a ball like to get to as well, isn't it? Um, no pubs around either apart from the Westfields. But uh, Jose Saar... When the news was announced, I think we were all a little bit like, ooh, what's this about? Could he be off to Saudi? But I know um, we've, we've Bentley coming in, but it's uh, Gary O'Neill's passing it off as mobility issues. I mean, again, it's a speculation, but what, what are your thoughts on that? Interesting, isn't it? I mean, I mean, he, he sort of said that there was a few players, I think there was two or three players that were uh, ill or had a bug or something on uh, before the game. Um I don't think you could see that in terms of like, you know, in terms of fatigue as such and level of performance. But I think it was just daft mistakes that cost walls, really. Um, but yeah, the the Saw one is interesting. Um, obviously, there have been rumours or rumours in the summer that he was going to be moved on. And there's been rumours more recently about potentially him going to Saudi Arabia. I don't know. I think we'll wait and see. I think if he's not in the squad for Chelsea on Sunday, I think that's a big sign because surely, I mean, I don't know all the ins and outs, but if you've, how did he word it? Did he wake up days so or something like that? I don't know. Mobility issues. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. We'll we'll have to wait and see. But I, no disrespect to Dan Bentley, I think that was another game where he's sort of almost shown everyone that he's not good enough to be a number one at Premier League level. Yeah, well, Jose Sai woke up with mobility issues, and Dan Bentley decided not to have a waking up at all. <laughs> I saw you know that um, you know that gif of that robot that like falls like gradually like that. It was, yeah, it's a bit like that. <laughs> yeah, because I tweeted, I said he's going down, going down, slowed and laminate flooring. Like it's just yeah. like. But again, I think this is what happens when you bring keepers in from the cold. Hmm. We've seen it. We saw it with Ruddy under Patricio's era. We've seen it already with Dan Bentley a couple of times. Um, there was, I think we, I mean, you'll probably know better than me. I think we keep us sometimes. They almost need a couple of early saves, first five or 10 minutes, just to sort of get into the game. But there were a couple of instances, and I can't remember if it was at 1 0 or at 0 0, where there was crosses coming into the box, and he was obviously calling keepers and then completely leaving it. Like there was Dawson, was like Dawson gave him a proper earful uh, after that. So, it's just, just basic stuff like that. You know, you, you learn that as a seven or eight-year-old as an aspiring goalkeeper. If you shout keepers, you've got to make an effort to come and come and get it. And mm -hmm. he's obviously done it and just, just left it. It's just basic stuff. And it was just, that that was the stuff that ultimately cost Wolves on Sunday. Yeah, Totti in at left-back as well. No no bueno in, in, in a lineup. Uh, everyone says, oh, why did he go to a back four? But to be fair, we, we we're in a back four out of possession anyway most of the time. So I don't think it was that much of a change. But for me, David, I don't know how you feel about this. And to be fair, Gary O'Neill's had a, quite a bit of stick over the last two or three weeks um, with performances not being good enough. But I don't know. Like Obviously, Neto's a big loss. But the last three games, I'm not counting Arsenal because obviously it's a real tough place to go. But 
Wolves to me look like a side who have absolutely no idea or any direction of what they want to do. It's just so like, um, it's just all over the place. But that's yeah. that's that's got to come from the manager though, surely. But it wasn't. It hasn't always been like that. No, it, it was strange because I think you see on paper it was a four at the back um, and it, it pretty much was. But times in defense, defensive shape, it was almost like a five and Belgard was almost dropping in as a left wing back. But you could tell with Belgard, he didn't have a clue what he was, what role he was playing. It reminded me a little bit. You remember, um, I think when Man City, I think it was the the, the Bruyne game at Molyneux and Chiquinho started a right wing back and it was like, he doesn't have a clue where he should be at the moment. like, mm. And that was a little bit Belgard's performance as a whole. And I'm sure we'll get on to the, sort of the, the red card incident. But I felt he, at, by half-time, Belgard, Totti or uh, Jao Gomez, one of the three, should have come off. That left hand side stunk. It was all. It was awful. It was awful. And, and now, I think we've well, I've jinxed Totti because what two, three weeks ago I said how he never had a bad game. He's had two bad games in a row now for me. Uh, but I, he didn't get a lot of support on that left hand side. We were playing a high line, and I don't necessarily think that was one would have been through Gary O'Neill's instructions. I think David Moyes knew. Like you know, West Ham play like that generally. They the fans are really disappointed with how they play football. To, if they were to replace him, would they get better results, David Moyes? Probably not, because he he, he can play crap football and he gets results. But with, with West Ham sitting so deep, it almost allowed walls to creep up and up and up and up. And we know when a team allows us to have possession and a high line, it's just not going to end well. And that's what we did. Three mistakes from, from us, ultimately. And, and, and they got three goals from that. And just when you've got Craig Dawson versus Kudus or Jared Bowen in a race, I'm sorry, but there's there's only going to be one winner. Also, by the way, I need to understand the obvious packet are. Yeah, you got, got all three assists in Yeah, what a play. He's just one of those players. I think you could play him anywhere and he'd do you a job. But the first goal, Dave, um, straight from a corner, which again is really poor to concede from a counter attack. People are blaming Samedo for um, showing him inside onto his stronger foot and not closing him down. My argument to that would be. Yeah, he's shown him onto his stronger football. He's shown him into traffic like he's got players covering. Um, rather than showing him on the outside where he might get the beating of him because he's he's, he's a strong runner, isn't he, Kudus? He's, he's, he's a good player to watch, to be fair. But for me, the the book stops at the goalkeeper. He's he's, he's flat-footed. He, does, he doesn't move his feet quick enough. He's not set quick enough. And he's gone down like the, the robot that you alluded to earlier. <laughs> it, it's, it's really, really poor. Yeah, I think... Well, the one point is off, off corners, I thought deliveries were better off corners um, in regards to we're actually beating the first man, I think, on pretty much every set piece, uh, thankfully, at the weekend. But I point out Belgard, I think I think he's got to do better in the initial 50-50 after the ball comes back out of the area. I think he's got to, you know, win that. And then when you don't win that, that's, that's where people have got to reset and make sure uh, West Ham don't get an attack out of the way. I mean, it's quite hard for me to tell at the ground and I'm not spent the time watching the goals back, if I'm honest. But yeah, I think Samedo could have probably got a little bit tighter to him. Um, but I, yeah, like you said, I, I still think Bentley's got, got to do better there. And it's that was frustrating because that's the first little bit of momentum Wolves got in, in the game. We were holding on to the ball. We were pushing West Ham a little bit more. And then, you know, they just flicked the switch, go down the other end and, and score that goal. And that was a bit of a kick in the teeth when that had gone in, to be honest. I think the first goal. I'm just um, I'm just watching it back now. I think the first goal is the one where I think Pakatar plays it past Bellegard. Um Oh, which one? Are I thinking of then the second I one. Think, maybe. I think it's a, like it, it's almost a bit of a what you can say, a, a coming together like a, a 50-50. I think it's on the on on the first goal. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I think, I mean, yeah, is that when it, they get half clear the corner and it's Belgard versus someone, and then he misses? Yeah, he loses out on the fifty-fifty. That's... He doesn't. He doesn't lose out. He doesn't lose out on the fifty-fifty, mate. He's just fucking spineless. He All he, right, he yeah. pulls out of it. I'm gonna get. And I think players have got to show a bit more, bit more determination, a bit more character. Just you've got to take one for the team there. You've got to go in yeah. where it hurts. Because if you sure, I think that, that's what a lot happened. of people were saying. They're like, no one, no one wanted to take the bookings, which I do understand in this day and age. I mean, on the Sky Sports highlights, they cut it out. But I mean, it's a great ball from from Pakita. Um, 
yeah, I think Samara's got to do slightly better personally, but yeah, it's okay. I think Benley will be disappointed by it. Well, you've seen yeah. what happens if Kudus goes on to his right hand side for the, for the second goal. I think <laughs> this is this is what happens when you play Lamina and Gomez in the middle, middle of the park. Obviously, Lamina's tried to force something. He's played a couple of nice passes this season through balls, but they're not they're not players who can unlock a defense. And I felt like yeah. Wolves were that out of ideas. He, he's he's tried it and he's tried to unlock the defense and they've intercepted it. And it's 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 a simple punt up field to to Kudus, who's one on one with Dawson. There's only going to be one winner there. People blaming Totti for that. I don't think you can blame him for that. I think I'm just I'm I mean, just watching I, it I think back he can again. run back a little bit. If if you watch it back, he almost like just jogs back, which I was a little bit disappointed with. Um, he, he's not yeah. he's not exactly busting a gut, but I don't think you can blame him for being caught up the field because that's that's by design. That's on Lamina for for losing it so so cheaply. But again, you got Dawson on on the cover. He, he's he, try, he tries to show him down the outside a bit further, but he just shifts the ball too quickly. You think that? Well, I think this is. This is the one issue, and this is why Wolves, in terms of when switching from the back four to the back five, why the back five works so well, because you could use Eight Nori and Samedo to bomb on forward, mm. or whoever your left wing back is to, to go forward. And you'd still always have those three players almost just sat there ready. With yeah. the back four, like you said... One of them's got to go. So Yeah, help, help uh, like Totti's obviously pushed on to try and support the attack, and then that ball through. And, uh, I mean, we're, you know... If you ask someone to run down your road and then run back all the way back down again, he's not going to be doing it at full pace. So that's that's similar with what's happening with Totti. So um, I, I, I think in hindsight, Gary O'Neill will be kicking himself for switching to the back four. Because I think if you've got Bueno or Aitnori on, on the bench there, one of them surely is going to be able to give you 60 minutes or at least 50 minutes and the other one comes on and gives you 40 minutes uh, to, to play a back five and start a back five. I, I, unless he knew that, that West Ham were going to play almost this quite negative and, and and defensive football and wanted to get an extra pair of hands, you know, going forward like like the Belgard or Samedo, but it just backfired massively for for him. I think I don't, I don't even necessarily think it's negative. It, it worked. It played played into their hands. Yeah, but then you've got like you, you've got that. I mean, that left hand side was oh god, it was it was awful to watch. You've got Totti involved in build up play when. He probably couldn't build a fucking bear. Never mind helping in, in build up play. And Bellegarde, like you said, is adding an, another absolute stinker. But again, playing in, in a position that's unnatural to him. I've seen him coming for quite a lot of stick, which I guess he's warranted because he's played poorly. But do you think the game could have been different, David? Two key moments. Firstly, with the the, the red card, the, the 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 flying elbow, the clothesline from hell, um, from from. Uh, Kufal on on Bellegard. I don't know how. I just don't know how they've they've checked that and they've said no red card. And, well, and he, he'd done it all game. To be fair, Kufal he'd, he'd left he'd left he'd left a few and he's probably lucky to not get two yellows and plus that red. I thought I thought it was a disgusting tackle. I I, I felt the same. There was two or three challenges fouls that he had, had committed before that incident had even happened and he hadn't got a book in. Um, and then I don't even think he picked up a booking for that either. So I think you have to just look at the VAR and, and see it's Jared Gillett and then that says it all really. But for Wolves to be, and this hasn't got enough, um, it's not been spoken about enough, I, I, I don't think, on social media this weekend. Um, but mainly pro probably because it's not a goal really, but that for me is a, a Stonewall red card. You know, ap absolutely re sure. ridiculous. The, the, the like I said, they in the ground didn't really. You couldn't really tell. It was like a quite a late challenge, a bit of a coming together. We saw a couple of people sending me videos of it, but it, it, genuinely, that's awful. Like, he could he could have broke his jaw with that. Awful. It reminded me a little bit of was it Pedro Mendes and uh, Ben Thatcher, Man City yeah. versus Ports before them years ago, yeah. where he broke his jaw. Awful that was, yeah. But yeah. he 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 was rolled up Kufal because he had a he had a straight arm in the face and from um, Dawson, which which was nothing. And he was whinging about that. He'd left someone on someone else, and then he went went in with that. He's led with the elbow, mate. It's not it's not a shoulder barge, and he's caught him with the elbow. He's led like that, and it's he's running it, to him like it, that as well. Dangerous. It's, it's yeah. dangerous. It's not even it's Reckless not even like a, a cynical foul. It's it's purely dangerous. And for me, he should face retrospective action. 
for something like that because that's that's not that's not right. Well, I, I said at the ground, I said, you know, I think we, after his second foul, I said, well, it's two now. And it's not like there were little little shirt pulls in, in, in our final third, you know. It was when Wolves were in possession and, and driving forward. So, and I think Moyes knew that because I think he got booked towards the end of the game. Kufal, as soon as he got booked, he got, he got subbed off straight away. Um, but yeah, he was very, very lucky to, to stay on the pitch on Sunday. Yeah, disgraceful decision. Um but it could have been it could have been better for Wolves in the second half, mate. We had the goal disallowed. Uh mm. the probably the only time in the game where I thought, yeah, the build-up play looks decent here. Uh playing with a purpose. I, I put in the group chat and you disagreed with it quite I've just um, watched it back, so I might have a different, slightly different quite aggressive. Um probably <laughs> probably the beard. But I, I said it's criminal that he's even offside there. And you went, what do you expect him to do? He's offside by the width of a Nats knob or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know if you feel any different watching back, though. But I just think you need to have so much more awareness than that. Like, it, it, I think if it's Sarabri, he's probably kicking himself. Because as long as Samadio plays that ball into that area, he's going to get there. There's no one else around him. For me, it's really poor. It's really poor awareness. And he's got to do better. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, yeah, to be fair, so maybe I overreacted a little bit on Sunday. <laughs> like, there's I'm, no one around him? Yeah, no, no, I can see what you mean. Now, obviously, again, that was heated the moment when I was saying it there and I saw a picture of it back, but you are right. I think you can sort of tell from me watching it back now how he's sort of almost slightly ahead of the play. And yeah. I think you're right. If you just, just hold his run just by you know a quarter of a second, yeah. you score and, you know, walls are back in that game. And at 2-1, and with the momentum that we had... You fancy you it? Yeah, for, for sure. Um, but again, that that's, I mean, that's the, the thing with VAR. Yes, on this occasion, it's got the right decision, although it is extremely tight. But then it, what it can do is almost, and we've seen it many, many times over the last few years, it can kill your momentum and the momentum can swing back in, in favour, especially when you're away from home, back to the home team. And I think that's what it did. It just killed every, anything for Wolves. And to be honest, it almost felt like probably killed Gary O'Neill's enjoyment or if, if there was any enjoyment for him out of the game because you could just tell after that no disrespect to Gary O'Neill but he had no idea what how to change the game and ultimately that's why we didn't score and why we lost by three goals three and a half minutes it took to come to that decision and that's I was watching it yeah I mean I was obviously watching it in the pub so I had the, the benefit of the, the screen but I think probably looked at it for 20 seconds and I went to the Miss he's offside there it's offside. So I don't know why it took took them so long. Um yeah. but do you do you agree with me now about the awareness? Because he always got to do is play the ball into that space, mate, and he scores. Yeah, no, I, I I do I think I think it's it's still tight. I think he's unlucky. Come on, mate. Just I, just, just say no, sorry. No, 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 that's no, no, all no, you no. gotta do. <laughs> just continue with the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Third goal though, mate. We literally I did a, a 60 yard one two and got done. Uh and that was, uh, I, I think if the game wasn't put to bed before, it certainly was, was then. Uh, no Sasa or Fabio, though. Again, I mean, you, you obviously love Fabio and it's a hill that you'll die on. <laughs> Sasha has done okay in, in his last few opportunities. He's flattered to deceive. But at 2-0 down, like, what, what harm can it do, especially when you're playing so badly? What harm can it do in bringing at least one of them on and just try something different? I think at, at that point as well, you know, Wolves had the ball in wide areas quite a lot. I can remember seeing sort of I was down the bottom sort of second half where the corner flag where our right wing was. And I'd seen that the ball was down in our end quite a lot. And I thought, if you've got someone the size of Sasha in there, you actually give you an outlet and someone that you can actually cross the ball at and, and aim it towards. Um, and I'm baffled that neither of them got on the pitch, honestly. And I think I know the last two weeks, I think the the uh, the Forest game, especially, I said that I think Fabio could have been an, an adequate option, but I think Sasha was Sasha would have been a good option for for Sunday. We had a lot of the ball, we were playing quite high up, um, so the ball was in the West Ham final third quite a lot, and I think he would have been that right player. The ball can bounce off him at times; he, he's a bit of a nuisance. Um, so I'm absolutely baffled that he didn't get a kick. You know, at 2-0, that that before the third goal, he should have come on. And and you know, I, I still can't understand why he didn't get a, a look in. 
Yeah, I, I, I think you, you give at least one of them a go. Because, like I said, it was it was that it was that poor. You might as well. What harm? What if harm? You're losing the game two you nil, know, and you've got two but... strikers on the pitch. Why have you not? Why are you not bringing one of them on? It just makes no sense. I, I think it's stubbornness, though. I think it has got to be stubbornness. Or a message to the board saying, "Look, I really don't fancy these players. We turn all down. I don't want to bring them on." I, I think it gives. I mean, we did a video on it uh, this week, but I think it gives. I think the Fabio, the, the the situation with Fabio is written in the stars. Really, I, I don't know if there's any questions on it later on, but the Sasha one makes it things very difficult for Wolves because it's almost as if Gary O'Neill's putting that little bit more pressure on him to to get rid. I, look, I think there'll be suitors, but I don't necessarily think Wolves are going to make their money back on him. He's such a unique but quite a niche player as well to deal with in some senses. Um, mm. But, yeah, I think if, if either of them are going to move on or both of them are going to move on, Wolves really need to act quick and try and get those deals done sooner rather than later so they can get the right right replacements in sooner rather than later as well. I, I, I wouldn't mind. I mean, Fabio would probably like to go permanently. I think yeah. he probably would too. Even with Sasha, if it was just a loan deal for six months in, I don't know, back in the Bundesliga, if he scores six, seven, eight goals and then he's got- still holding his value a little bit, doesn't he? You got a guy that's been out injured for twelve months as well. Like exactly. giving him sprinkles of minutes here and there aren't isn't going to help his match sharpness. So um, you know, yes, you know, he scored us a couple of winning goals, like you said earlier. He's not been fantastic in the, when he's been given opportunities from the start of games. Uh, but ultimately, I think that's just mainly down to how Wolves play, and it just doesn't suit him as a player. No, it doesn't. And I think when you do bring him on, it changes the whole dimension. They want to. Knock long balls up, but that again, that's not his strength. I think he's better with the balls into his feet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Ryan's on the wall for them pair, Dave. I know you did the video on it this week, but do you think if if they get rid of both of them, then Wolves will have to bring two strikers in or a striker and a winger? Yeah, not ne- I don't mean not not necessarily two. Uh definitely definitely will have to bring one in though, obviously. That was the plan anyway. Um but I don't I think they can get by to the summer without, you know. Without bringing another one, uh, without bringing two in, sorry. So, but I don't know because then you've got Huang possibly going out to Asia, Asia Cup duty. Um, Neto, you just don't know what his fitness is like. So, I don't know. Really don't know. It'll be, it'll be intriguing. It'll be an intriguing January anyway. How long is the Asia Cup for? I think it's similar sort of length of time to Afcon. I think it starts a little bit later. Um, so the Asian Cup starts, yeah, January January the twelfth to Feb the tenth. So, but I don't actually know. I thought the team, the squads would have been announced by now. To be fair, but obviously not. You'd expect them to go fairly depth into the competition, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, just looking at it. I mean, yeah, they've they've won it twice. You got Japan, probably one of the other favourites in there as well. Uh, so it'd be Japan or uh, South Korea, I'd assume. So um, yeah, they, you would expect them to go quite far in that. But saying that, and again, don't Huang for me hasn't been phenomenal. Yeah, I think he's. Re- I know. Yeah. Yes, he's. You know, he scored. He's our top goal scorer, so I can't take that away from him. But I, I think Wolves can easily bring in a player that can contribute as much as as he does at the moment. Yeah, and I think he's one of those players. He goes. He goes missing for ninety minutes, and then. Pops up with the box in the right space at the right time and yeah. takes all the plaudits. I think his his overall game is pretty poor, um, but who cares if, if he keeps scoring? Just uh, before we move on to the Christmas Eve fixture, Dave, referee rating. <laughs> um, I don't blame the ref for the for the for the red card. No, no and this is the thing well, we say. This is the thing we say most most VAR decisions. Sometimes you can understand why the ref's not giving it. And then this is the issue with VAR because you've got clowns like Jared Gillett that are, are running it. I'll give the referee. I can't think. The only thing that frustrated me was was his lack of consistency with bookings. Like I said, I think Kuvao yeah, could have easily been booked. But I think overall he managed the game fairly well. So I'll probably give him a seven and a half. That's probably our yeah, highest rate in the season. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think yeah. I was I was a little bit disgruntled at the consistency with the yellows but also stopping play for stuff that you could quite easily just let oh, the game Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Right. I'm going to get, I don't know if you've seen, and I don't know how true it is, the, um, how MLS are going to try and stop uh, the time wasting. I don't know if I mentioned it to you before. So I, did see, I did see the law. It, 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 it's good, but it's strange in a certain... So if a player is down... Not it, it, yeah, I was going to say, explain what it is. Yeah, I think if a player is down injured for longer than, I think it's 15 or 30 seconds, I have to stay off the pitch for two minutes. So I think it's a way of stopping... Um, Stopping time wasting, basically. Um, and if a player is substituted, they've got 10 seconds to get off the pitch. <laughs> um, how about so if you're actually like you've actually injured. had a bit of a whack and you need to, you need like treatment well, and you've got to get half for two minutes? Yeah, 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 I know. So that's why that's the only thing I can't quite understand with it, really. Hmm. It would be interesting to see how they would enforce that. But hmm. moving on to the game at Molyneux on Christmas Eve, Dave, uh, a controversial fixture at that. Wolves versus Chelsea, two teams who are, who are struggling a little bit. Uh, Chelsea's still full of quality, but have uh, seemed to have fallen off another cliff recently. I know they're suffering with quite a lot of injuries. Um, but how do you approach this? Eight Nori's got to come straight back into that team, hasn't he? Because he's, he's integral to how we play. Yeah, and hopefully Neto's back available. I think Gary O'Neill made it pretty clear that we were hoping he was going to be part of the squad. I don't think he'll start... But again, just to see him come on for 20 minutes, half an hour at the end of the game could be a real boost for Wolves. I, I really don't know what to expect. This would, this is very, this will be vintage Wolves in regards to we rock up and we we beat these on on Sunday, and it would be great, you know, to go into Christmas with that win. I felt, you know, after the Forest game, we look at that Burnley game and realize how crucial those three points were now. By the way, but we're going to this Chelsea game, and I still think we need something out of the match, whether it's a point, whether it's three points. Because I think if you if you drop points against Chelsea or lose to Chelsea, then you go to Brentford away and lose that. All all of a sudden, I think you start looking over your shoulder because you've got Everton who are in unbelievable form at the moment. Um, I think you want to be going into the new year where you're in a nice position. You're on sort of that 24, 25 point mark and you can sort of try and, you know, get, get into a decent position. But Chelsea, like you said, Chelsea got loads of quality. And I think it's not that they've been awful. They're just inconsistent. You know, some games, you know, they won the other night. Uh, I've not, uh, you know, I've not watched a huge amount of them. Um, but they've got some good players, really good players, and it will, it will be a tricky game for Wolves. They're playing tonight as well, aren't they? Um, Tuesday. In the Carabao. Tuesday night. Yeah, in, yeah. In, in, in the Carabao Cup. Yeah, they've got, they've got quite a lot of injuries. I'm just looking at the team tonight, and it's still, you know, still got Enzo, Palmer, Sterling, Gallagher, Colwell, Silver, Caicedo, that are still... It's still a strong team, and Kunku's back on the bench as well. So, oh, is he? Yeah. So, like I said, they're a really strong team. But I don't know what it is, Dave. I I fancy us for this game. I, I, I really do, and that's based on absolutely nothing I've seen in the last <laughs> month. Just slagged us been... off. Oh, we just slagged off the team. No, but like, minutes, yeah, yeah, but there's, there's no like there, there's no like science that goes into it. I've just got a yeah. gut because we seem to turn up for these. Uh, no, for, I agree. For the, no, I agree. For the bigger sides, especially at Molyneux, and I think they want to right the wrongs of the last of, 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 of the last game. So I know some people have dubbed it as the worst game of the season, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know about that. But uh, Pedro Neto may be in contention, Dave. It's a massive boost, isn't it? But you can't you can't see him starting. I think they'll probably try and ease him in now. Yeah, like I said earlier, I don't think he'll start. But if you like, you could get twenty minutes, half an hour of him. I think Aiden already has got to start. I think Wolves will definitely have to go back to the back five. Um, I don't know. I mean, talking about Totti at the moment, people are going to be asking the question: When you know, will Santi Bueno get a chance at some point as well? You know, and maybe with this fixture list, he he might do. Um, but I think you start pretty much. The one, the one position that will be up for grabs is obviously do you stick with Sarabia or do you go with Bellegarde? I think personally, I know he didn't. He's not been great, and he wasn't great against West Ham. I think you stick with Bellegarde uh, just because you would expect Wolves to play a little bit more counter-attacking against Chelsea. Then you can bring Neto on, use his pace, use his uh, skill to try and drive us up the pitch a little bit more as well. So I, I don't know what to expect. I think I'm in sort of leaning towards that Wolves are going to surprise everyone and, and, and get something out of this game. And I think it'll be a fantastic Christmas if we do. Um, but it could easily go the other way because just things don't seem to be quite right over the last couple of weeks. No, I think they need some fresh faces as well in January desperately. Mm -hmm. um, but I, 
I feel at the minute, and someone rightly pointed it out to him on Twitter when I tweeted it, saying, I feel like all the teams around us are like picking up points at the minute. Yep. And he pointed out that all I might feel like that this is like Forest have got two in five, four, what, what like. It's not one in 13 still, haven't they? Or something daft. Yeah. I nearly should have yeah. beat us. Um, but it, it does feel that it's. We're not out of the woods yet, and we could still do if uh, going on a little bit of a run again and getting, you know, going unbeaten for three or four games because that they we could we could get we could get sucked back in again quite easily. I feel. Yeah, no, you're right, and I think that's why. I mean, games coming up over the streaming is in January. Obviously, there's very little Premier League games anyway. I don't think we have a single game at Molyneux in January. the The only chance we will is if we get into the fourth round of the FA Cup. Um, and that's where we seem to be picking up points or wins at Molyneux. So it mm. could be a, a long start to 2024 um, if we don't get some wins under our belt before the new year. So um, I think if you... Very quick preview for the rest of the, the, the year. I think, what, what did I say? We've got Chelsea, Brentford, Everton. We can come yes. out of that with six points out of those games, which I think is achievable, but potentially unlikely. Um, I think we'll be in a, a, a much better position. But like I said, I just don't want to start having to look over our shoulders going into sort of February, March. I just want Wolves to always consistently have that nice 10 to 15 point cushion on the bottom bottom three. Yeah, Brentford's quite a difficult place to go as well, isn't it? I, I think you've got to earmark your own games. But then Everton are absolutely flying under dice. It's it, it's difficult. With the, uh, I, I feel, I'm just going to check the table, that Brentford are in a little bit of a shitty run anyway one one winning well I can only say the last five but I don't think one winning in the last four which is the same which is the same as us on the same points we just conceded um, quite a few more goals <laughs> minus yeah. eight goal difference compared to there's zero so yeah it's going to be um, uh, going to be interesting few um, a few days over the Christmas period especially with such a small squad Gary O'Neill is going to have to utilise some of these fringe players the likes of Tommy Doyle Bubacar Traore Dare I say, Fabio Silva, Sasha Kalajic, but it remains to be seen whether whether he will. <laughs> Dave, I've seen quite a few um, people on Twitter calling for O'Neill's head already, which I said when they appointed him, this is going to happen because when you appoint a manager that no one really wants, that fans, some or at least some fans, won't afford him that patience. And as soon as things start to turn a little bit, Sour, that's it, gone. What's your thoughts on, on on those little murmurings? Because it is, I don't know if you've noticed it as well yourself, Dave, but the last two or three weeks, and we've been critical, but obviously not to this level, it started to turn a little bit. And I'm seeing, I am seeing quite a few of those tweets about O'Neill. Yeah, I think it's still early days. I think as soon as I walked out of the ground on Sunday, I've said, I'm by the time we get back to the Airbnb, I reckon I would have seen at least three or four Gary O'Neill out tweets, and I wasn't I wasn't far off. But saying that, on the flip side, there were a number of fans saying like how reactionary and how stupid are our fan base at times, which I which I do agree with. Look, yes, we haven't been great over the last couple of weeks, but I can't you can't expect Wolves to be competing at a top level all season. You understand the situation that the club we're in when Gary O'Neill got appointed and it's up to you who you want to blame. If you want to blame Lopetegui for that, if you want to blame Foson for that, uh, it's up to you. But ultimately, Gary O'Neill came in, no pre-season. He had to sort of learn on the job. He switched formations um, and he's got things right this season, but he has also got things wrong. So he's still a young manager. He's still got a lot of things to learn. Um, But... You know, it, it's he needs more time. It's way, way too early to be even considering anything, anything like this at the moment. Dave, uh, rumored or looks pretty concrete now that Nuno's returning back to the Premier League with with Nottingham Forest. Morgan Gibbs White obviously buzzing about that news. Um, if Gary O'Neill was to go tonight, would you have Nuno back? Um. I don't know. The only reason I, I, I if 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 you could guarantee me like the first three years, and you would. <laughs> I think you don't go back. You know the old saying: you don't go back to an ex. 
Um, yeah. But I don't know. It's one of those because I think he's, he's been far too disrespected on the timeline and not necessarily by Wolves fans. I think Wolves fans are giving me quite a bit of credit, but Forest fans especially, I think they're, I think Steve Cooper is a good manager. I think he's probably, you see this with managers, they almost take them as far as they can go. And I think that's what's happened with Steve Cooper. But Forest fans are disrespecting Nuno way too much. I think he'll do fine there. He'll keep them up, no problem. I don't think he'll take them to the level that whatever, you know, the Greek boss man thinks uh, he, he can do. No, but no. I, I think I saw someone tweet earlier, that is going to be a weird relationship because Nuno can be stubborn at the best of times and going head to head with him, uh, I, I'm not so sure how, how that will work. But I don't know. I don't think Nuno's awful. I think if if, if he wasn't at Wolves, at the, you know, when we had him uh, and you just asked me this question in isolation now, I'd probably say yes, probably. Another question for you. If Gary O'Neill was to theoretically be gone tonight, which we're not saying he is, but we wanting to. Would you take Mr. Julian Lopetegui back at the club? <laughs> <laughs> um, he's really pissing me off, you know. And his little, his little servant, Gillian Balagoy. Yeah, uh, probably not. Again, the exact... Well, I will give you the exact same reasons that I've just said for Nuno. If he wasn't at, with us last year, I would probably say yes now. Yeah. Like if, he, if he'd just walked out from another club, I'd probably say yes now. But because of how he's treated us um, and how he's dealt with the situation now. Yeah, he's a big baby. Mm. Big, big baby everywhere he's went. Baby. So, yeah, he can do one. Questions? Um, yeah, boy. Let's go for it. We've had quite a lot... This week, we always get quite a lot after a loss. Um, so yeah, thanks for the loads of questions every single week. Uh, this is one I put in the group chat earlier, and Dave was like, Really good question, not so sure. Alfie, um, and it's no, you know, snide marks on Alfie. Thanks for the question, mate. Would you swap Mateus Cunha for current Diogo Jota? Well, he just put Jota, but well, you might be talking about the one from Ali Tihad, you know, you never know, do you? Um, oh, he- I think that's like you asking me. Would would you would you swap your two bed terrace in King Standing for a four bed detached house in Four Oaks? No, I, I think. Look, look, like, Come on, man. No, man. Oh, I think no, that's, no, 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 no. I think this, that's disrespectful to Cunha, honestly. I, I, I like genuinely. You, but he's not a jotter. Look at look at look at Jota that goal good, record though? in the Premier League. It's yeah, unbelievable. Is Jota that good though? Like he's good. He, he's good. Yes. Yes. Very good, but I don't think I don't think it's as straightforward and as extreme as you're making out there. I don't think we're I still don't think it's... they're still fucking paying us for him though. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> I would probably no, look. I would probably say yes, but I don't think it is as straightforward as <laughs> as you lot making out anyway. George said easiest yes ever to. So no, I, I I just think. I would I would have to spend some time debating it. I just I, I don't know how I don't know how you can say that. I put Jota now in this team, and I don't think he would return as much as Cunha. Or it won't be it won't be huge different difference in numbers. I think Jota was obviously you 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 mustn't forget at the end of his time at Wolves, Jota was gash. He he wasn't he wasn't brilliant. It was misfiring. Yeah, but look, I think you put Cunha in that team. I think he picks up same, if not more, numbers than Jota. Yeah, but he's got Jota in the Premier League, sixty-five goal and assists in one hundred and fifty-five games, fifty-one goals. Like he's a machine. Is that he's just a machine. Liverpool? Is that Wolves as well? Wolves as well. He would. No, I like, look. I I love Jota, but I and I, I think I, I, look to answer the question, I would probably say yes, but I just don't think it's. A straightforward. I think that would be if someone asked me that after a few pints in the pub, it could be an hour-long discussion, and I'd be I'd still be debating it. <laughs> no it's one of them four at four a.m. after party chats. That is. <laughs> that is kitchen chat. That is. Yeah. Uh, Tyler has asked. I feel we've been playing worse since Sarabia became more of a regular, and he's getting away with it because of his wonder cameo versus Spurs. Um, basically, <laughs> do you think we should continue to play him because he believes he, he slows the play down far too much? I think he's been one of the better players over the last few weeks, and that's not saying much. But I think if anything was going to happen, it'd be through him. Yeah, I mean, I understand Tyler. I do understand Tyler's point because I think, sort of, if you look at it, sort of our form has dropped ever since he sort of got introduced back into the team. 
But I still think in terms of creativity, he has helped on, on that front. Um, I just think we're missing Neto, full stop. And I think like you could shoehorn Belgard into that position. You could shoehorn Sarabia in. I just don't think they're going to match what Neto can bring and, and Neto's output from the start of this season anyway. Um, but yeah, I just, I like Sarabi, but still, I'm still not, still not 100% on him. No, I think you could probably, you could probably go and get a better player for the wages, but it's that transfer fee, isn't it? That's why they've, yeah. they've put him on that. Uh, Matt Wolf has asked, is Gary O'Neill's stubbornness ultimately going to be his undoing? Would you trust him with a January war chest? <laughs> the chance would be a fine thing. Or would you be way, would, would you be wise to wait until the summer and reassess? Um, what do we mean by stubbornness now, though? I think he's stubbornness in terms of Subs. not bringing on Sasha and Fabio and making it very clear that he's not in the plans despite chasing games and things not going our way and not changing it. I think he's quite stubborn with stuff like that. I think as a manager, sometimes you have to be there and it's to it's... send a message or. Uh, a bit of both. One, to keep trusting the players that are on the pitch sometimes. Two, to send a message to either players or the board. But at the same time, on the flip side, you do sometimes have to be flexible. You know, if you're a manager and you know something's not going right, it's on a stick or a twist. A good, you know, good managers sometimes will stick and trust what they started with. Other managers will, you know, will, uh, will twist and um, make the changes and it works. Like we saw Lopetegui do very in his early days, change the system two or three games and it, and it worked. Did it again in other games. Are you thinking, what on earth are you, are you trying to do? Um, and again, I think that's just him being a young manager. That's something that he'll learn. In terms of the war chest, you know, you laughed at it. There's no chance of a big war chest coming in. So um, again, I think Wolves, I have full faith it'll be a productive window under Matt Hobbs. Um, but I think it'll be enough to keep Wolves in the Premier League, which like we explained last week, was the plan. Uh, or if fans like it or not, the plan is to make sure Wolves are a Premier League team again next season. And then, obviously, when, depending on the situation with finances, we see where we are in the summer. Ashley Burns has asked, what are the chances Tommy Doyle alone is not made permanent? He rarely gets a chance. I'd be, I'd be surprised if um, it's all not already wrapped up anyway, but I don't know about yeah. you, Dave. Yeah, it, it, I'd, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't sign for five, just about five million quid. It's an absolute no-brainer. Yeah, you could sell him off for a profit if you really wanted to go to a, I don't know, Top end championship team, but he's been all right. Whenever, whenever I've seen him, well, I would like to see him feature um, in the West Ham game. But I have the Forest. I think the Forest game as well. He should have come on. Um, he did he come on against West Ham? He didn't get very long though, did he? Or did he not even come on? I can't remember. Don't think he came on. Oh no, he. Oh, I can't remember. I mean, I, I fucked off after eighty minutes, so I think I'd he came on that. right at the end. Of the, I mean, let me check. I might be wrong. I think he came on right at the end of the game. It wasn't for very long though. Um, yeah, he did. He came on. Rob Morris has asked, do we still need to worry about West Ham's hierarchy eyeing up O'Neill? Or has their interest waned following our defeat to the Hammers on Sunday? It's all paper talk though, isn't it? Yeah, I think, like I said, I think the thing with Moyes, and I, I said this on a West Ham channel, um, yes, he plays negative football, but I, it would take them a few years to find someone that can replicate those results. You know, they're always like... Negative, it might not be the prettiest, but it works. Like he's took him yeah. to a European final. They won it, you know. They won, you know, they oh, sorry, won, yeah. won it. Obviously, yeah. Like Euro, champions Euro, of Europe, Europe, apparently. Europe. Oh yeah, Europa League semi-final or final, yeah. wasn't it as well? Like he's yeah. he's done amazing, I think. Yeah, but then nothing. The managers they were linked with Carrick, who's yeah, he started well at Middlesbrough, but being caught underwhelming this season. Will still a little bit. Will Will still would be an interesting one if he ever does come to England. But I think Sunderland were after him as well, um, and then Gary O'Neill. So. I think the Gary O'Neill link is mainly because he's a, a former player anyway. Yeah, for Michael Beale's gone to uh, Sunderland, hasn't he? Mr. Yeah. Disingenuous. Have you seen uh, the reaction to that, by the way? Yeah, they're fuming, isn't they? So I, think, I, I genuinely think it was that bad at the point. I, when I read the replies, it's mainly Rangers fans uh, taking the mick, but if you pardon the pun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I don't think Will Stills done anything to warrant like a Premier League job. I thought like perhaps a job in a chip, like a big club and Sunderland are a big club. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a one of them. He's a young manager. It's a risk. He's very... I think it's the social media hype of him, really. I think, I think if that was just... Willie Os Stillos. 
Yeah, if it was a French no one, guy, no one, no one would give a shit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I hate that. Oh, he, he got the job for a football manager. No, he used to play football manager, but he's... He hasn't got he the, hates he hasn't that. Got the, yeah, what a, he's got some good podcasts. He did. Uh, I know not a lot of people like Jay Humphries, but he did a good podcast on there as well. Because <laughs> Vincent Company wanted him to join him at Andelect, and he rejected Vincent Company. Yeah, that high performance podcast a laugh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I I had Will still on LinkedIn. I've had him for a while. To be fair, I was like, yeah. yeah, get him on the pod. Uh, next question Donnie has asked do you guys get the gut feeling O'Neill has a core group of players he really rates and some players that are not getting a look in Sasha Doyle I think we've covered that there should be consequences for poor displays talking about Samedo here I feel like say, it seems like the guy is undroppable under Gary O'Neill I think Samedo's been alright this season um, oh, I can't understand how much stick he gets from my I actually wonder what it really is yeah. um, but also, who who are you gonna who are you gonna bring in? Because Doherty blows out his ass. Johnny's too busy trying to spit at people. What? I don't think Samado's had that many. I think he's probably had a couple of stinkers, and who hasn't? But I think, by and large, he's been one of our better players. Oh uh, yeah, like sometimes I go on our comment section, and we could win four 0 and people would still point out stuff that Samado's done. I'm there like, what? Like, it's mad. He's genuinely mad. So, look, like you said, he's not been perfect. I think last week against Forest, I was frustrated that he missed that header, you know, uh, which allowed Toffolo to score. But yeah. it, it is, it's mad. Um, I, I don't know. You look at poor displays. Who, other than Samado, who else gets dropped? I don't think as good as, you know, Lamina and Jao Gomez, you could maybe bring Bubicar in. But Tommy Doyle... I think it has got to play in a free midfield, which we haven't played. Um, Cunha. I, I, I'm still not sure why we haven't seen Cunha play, start out wide or start as like a, a number 10 I behind the front two. Off the left as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you could start Fabio or Sasha. But I think I think the first point is what Donny said. He, he obviously has a core group of players that, he, that are his starters. And there's obviously a group of players that either he doesn't trust or doesn't trust yet, or, or won't trust completely. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think January, that's why January, look, he, he joined Wolves, what, with about two weeks left of the January transfer window, two and a half, three weeks. Um, now this is going to be the first big window for him because he's had a, you know, he's been able to evaluate the squad for six months. Now, it, or less than that, sorry, four or five months, and now he can get rid of the players that he doesn't want. But to be fair, like, the, the striker shout, and we'll come on to the next question. They were, they were trying to get a striker and even as Gary O'Neill was getting his feet through the door, weren't they? So it's obviously a decision from the club and not just uh, and not just O'Neill that they could do with another another centre forward. Mm. I felt the strikers they were looking at in, in, in the summer were underwhelming anyway, though. Well, I say that. Che Adams was the one, wasn't it? Which I, I don't mind Che Adams, but... I think he's found his level in the championship this season. Been pretty poor. I think Bull Idea would have been a very interesting one. Very got a great record. Yeah, but you can't offer to pay like eight pound a month for like forty years, can you? It's if if they if if we'd have done that to or someone had done that to us, we'd have been fuming. But obviously, nah, just like, that's what it was. It wasn't. It was a loan offer with an option to buy, and it yeah. and they felt it was to unsell the player. But I don't even think it was. Mate, off- he scored like 15, 16 goals in Serie A last season. Yeah. in a shit team. But they wound. He's wound them up now, so I think they're happy to to move him on. But now yeah. it doesn't look like Wolves are interested, if you believe uh, various reports. So, yeah. bit of a strange one. Juicy fruit. He has asked though, if you don't, if you only have one position to replace in January, which position would you choose? Uh, I think it's got to be striker in it. I think it depends if you keep Sasser and Fabio and whether if they do stay with O'Neill decides, yeah, we'll give you a chance. I think it weirdly is, is that like I think every position really Wolves could bring you know, goalkeeper. We don't know what's going on with Saw. Obviously, left wing back Johnny's. Done whatever he's, he, he'll be gone. Then Aitken already goes to Afghan. You got Hugo Bueno, who's the only option there. Center halves are just all over the shop at the moment, but you should have enough in because you got Mascara coming back. You got Bueno, right okay. wing back. According to our fan base, Samado's loaded. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so I think every, every there are at each position. There's a there's a case there to, to be had to, to where we can improve it. But um, I think for me, for yeah, the forwards have got to be one, or, or even you know a winger or something like that. Yeah, a wing a ball carrying winger is really good in what one v one situations would be my preference because I feel that's when we that's when we look most dangerous. And I think once those players are either out the team or taken off through fatigue, then we just look toothless. And I think that's probably what scares most other teams as well. So that's what I would do. Um, but yeah, we shall see what January brings. Cav has asked if you had any, if you could have any one Wolves player around for Christmas for dinner, who are you picking? Um, uh, good question. I don't, I don't think there's anyone in that team where I'm like, oh God, I, I love them. Like, I, I like, they seem all right, laugh or I mean, Lamina maybe, maybe Cunha or someone like that. Yeah, maybe Cunha, Cunha, mm. or Samada. He lives around the corner. I feel sorry for him to be there after all this. Stick, so, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm not just saying he drove. He, he, well, I had to give way for him earlier on. Lovely little grey G wagon. So, he's got two, hasn't he? Nah, yeah, he, he used to have a black one. He got rid of it. He's got a grey oh. one though. Oh. Yeah, all of a sudden, don't feel that sorry for him anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Sean Mitchell's uh, uh, the, the last question. What's your New Year's Eve plans, boys? Hashtag Dave on the lash. Not for New Year's Eve. I, I, I'm not sure how I feel about this podcast all of a sudden making me out to be some sort of party animal weekend offender. Now you're single, mate, and you're on the prowl. Uh, no, uh, no, it's be. A fairly quiet one for me at New Year. Like I say, with, the, with all the family at a lodge. Genuinely don't know what I'm going to do for five days. So I'll probably have to take my PlayStation and have Sky go on and watch the darts all, all week, to be honest. But um, no, nah, I, I don't think it could be a heavy one. I don't think hopefully, one. hopefully you can do what you did in London, somewhere nearby. Like I said, that you could get going busy. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, like my mate um, Joe, who went with me on Saturday, he said, "Make sure on your podcast you mention the guy that was winding all Wolves fans up in the way in." So there was at the back of the, I was in the upper tier, in the back of the West Ham upper tier. The only other time I went, there was a lot of people. We were right by the home fans. A lot there were people giving it the big, and then when they went one the look, there was a guy right in the back row. And you remember when Sam Allardyce laughed at Chico Flores? Yeah, just went, ah, ah, that this is all that bloke just did. But from from afar, he looked like Sean Ryder, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, you know Sean Ryder. Yeah, so that's Just all. He did. Yeah, but then he was with his missus, and uh, she was de- decent looking. And um, but then Wolves fans started singing to to him, something about him having a small cock, so he must have loads of money. Well, but, yeah, or something yeah. like that. And uh, then singing the chants you would expect to be singing to his missus. Yeah, and uh, I was thinking, do you take it up the whatever? And she was like, Oh, wouldn't you like to know? And it all started getting a bit heated, but he, he was loving it, mate. Just keep going, ah, 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 ah. to all the Wolves fans, and <laughs> mate, all these kids were getting so wound up. Like, it was when you're freeing it up, though, you could do without stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's great yeah. when you're winning, though, and it like you could do oh, yeah, yeah. of the uh. Over the, the separate barrier, I'm not doing anything for New Year's. I don't particularly like it. I think it's overrated, but I find it a little bit depressing because it's like obviously a lot happens in a year. I, I, quick this year though, isn't it? How, how mad is it? How quick has it gone this year? And uh, you, you might think I'm a bit sad for this, but I tend to get myself off to bed quite early. Like, I've never take quite, and then about half 10 or 11, I try and get to sleep, and then I wake up early the next day and go for a walk and have a coffee because I'm. I don't know. I, I like to start the year right rather than starting a hangover. People say, fuck, you know, he's so boring. That's just the way I am. I don't like seeing the year. I mean, it makes me feel a little bit depressed, to be honest. No, no um, it's been... I mean, every year's like you have ups and downs. And it, oh, yeah, it's been a crap year, really. It's so been a t- very hoping, tough year for you, is it, mate? So. Yeah, so I'm hoping uh, 2024 is a, a much better one anyway. Yeah, it will do, mate. Just got to make positive choices, keep going to the gym and stuff and exactly. working on yourself and Keep Gosh. out of them strip clubs because you'll end up with anything, <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> uh, Dave, it's been a pleasure, mate. Uh, I've enjoyed it just as two this week. Um, where can people find you should they wish to follow you? Yeah, so it's at Dave as a party on Twitter or Instagram. And uh, very Merry Christmas, Horse fans. Thanks yeah. for the support uh, across this year. 
Wonderful. We will be back uh, between the Brentford and the Ever- Chelsea and the Everton. Chelsea yeah. and Brentford. Brentford. We'll be back Chelsea. anyway before the Brentford 31st. Brentford yeah. um, we're, we'll try and squeeze a, 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 a podcast into there. So, um, But yeah, I echo Dave's thoughts. Big thanks to everyone who supported uh, this year and have a have a wonderful Christmas. Rumours, it might be a white Christmas. So who knows? But um, hopefully we get a, a little early Christmas present with a win against Chelsea at Molyneux on Sunday. So until next time, take it easy and look after yourselves.